this week's episode of Aliens Explored, episode 83, is dedicated to our Explorer of the Week, Dean Nandwani. Uh, Dee, you are an absolute superstar. Thank you so much for supporting us through our Patreon. Now, any of you listeners can also become a patron of ours and get your name mentioned on the show by signing up at patreon.com forward slash aliens explored. And if you pick one of the tiers with Explorer of the Week or above, then you will get a mention regularly on the show too. We appreciate and love each and every one of our patrons and, of course, all you listeners as well. So thank you especially this week to Dean Nandwani, our Explorer of the Week. Aliens Explored is a podcast exploring famous and obscure cases of UFO sightings, alien abductions and other strange events from both a believing and a sceptical perspective whilst keeping an open mind. I'm Stu Jackson, a professional actor and amateur ufologist with a particular interest in the crop circle phenomenon. I'll be debating that otherworldly visitations are real. The truth is out there. And I'm Neil Kelly. I'm a professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view. I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it? Dr. David Clark is a UK investigative journalist with a particular interest in folklore, mythology and, of course, UFOs. And since the late 90s, Dr. David Clark has used freedom of information access requests in order to make so many Ministry of Defence UFO files public. He has done a great service to us all. So join myself and Neil here on Aliens Explored as we discuss the life and work of Dr. David Clark. Hello listeners and welcome to Aliens Explored, your weekly look at UFOs, IFOs, USOs and um, and all the government conspiracies around them. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Neil Kelly. And I'm your other host, Stu Jackson. IFOs? Identified flying objects. Identified flying oh, objects, yes. Of course, yeah. yes. UAPs is the other one. UAPs, yes. UAPs, yep, yep, fantastic. Uh, how are you keeping, Neil? I'm um, I'm keeping very well, thank you. How are you? How are you, how are you finding your your new status? Oh yes, yeah. so um, yes, for our listeners' benefit, uh, since we last recorded, uh, I have become single. It's it's all very amicable, and but you know, after six years we were together, was it that six? Well, it was yeah, six, six years. years. Yeah, just over, literally, like a couple, like a month over. Oh, um, yeah, I remember years. when you started because we were working together, weren't we? We uh, we uh, well, just when, finished uh, that job. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so yeah, so six years. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, just you know, one of those things. We went our separate ways, but um, uh, I, I'm adjusting. Thank you for asking. I'm you know steadily adjusting, but I have to say, so I did this um, this thing. I wasn't kind of seriously looking, but I thought, do you know what? I'll just have a look at 
Grinder. What You're going to say grinder, aren't you? No, not quite <laughs> grinder. Um, but but online dating. Okay. I went like, I went onto an online dating site just to kind of get a a vibe for. Well, are there many people my age on there? And hmm. oh my god! Well, that's instantly put me off ever going down that route. Um, for a start, everyone is so vain. It's all vanity. It's all well. You must be over six foot tall. You must have chiselled features. You must have like a gym fit body. Like all this, it's like, and and the people say, you know, maybe lovely people, mm-hmm. but you know they're demanding gym fit bodies. Well, they are not quite in that position themselves. Now, nothing wrong with that, but I think why are you. Mm. Demand it anyway. Um, th- so there's yeah, that. You, you know that a gym fit body comes with a lot of other baggage as well, don't <laughs> <Yeah>. you? Getting <laughs> an, an obsession with training. That is often the case. But mm. the one that really scared me uh, mm. is, I would say at least half the pe- half the people I sort of browse through, as it were, mm. were all saying. Do not contact me if you've had the vaccine. Oh wow! I'd say a good half of them. It's like, wow. What? <laughs> <laughs> I've had that many fucking nutcases out there. <laughs> or maybe yeah, don't contact me if you've had the vaccine and if you don't have a, a good life insurance policy, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to which I'll be the beneficiary. <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. Now, I was on golddiggers.com, so maybe that... mm. <laughs> <laughs> I was not. Uh, but no, it just, I mean, uh, like I said, I wasn't seriously looking anyway. It's far, far too early mm. to even contemplate something like that. But I just thought I'd have a, you know, look at a curiosity. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it <laughs> scared me back into my shell, Neil. <laughs> so, so there we have it, listeners. Um, Stu is on the market again. And, uh, he's not. He's not particular. <laughs> I obviously am. My God, yeah. I, I'm obviously too particular uh, uh, about, for my own good. About body shapes, that is. Well, I think which you know, is you a, take a the person. You take the take, person, don't take you? Take the person over anything else. Um, I've known. I've known some people who are gym fit. Um, who have a real, you know, sort of zeal and lust for life, and that's fantastic. I know, mm. um, I know people who have gym fit bodies who are utterly miserable all the time because of it, um, and vice versa. You know, there's the kind of the more average shaped people, should we say? Mm. Um, again, vice versa. You know, it's, I, yeah. I, I used to be gym fit. I mean, when I was in the army, it, it paid to stay gym fit and. You have a fair bit of spare time in military service, and so I'd make sure that at least once a week I would I would go for a run for a few miles, and at least once a week I would go and use the multi gym and do this sort of free range circuit. So it, at least once a week, um, but then it gets to the stage where you're you're worried if you miss it, if you suddenly realize, oh shit I haven't done it. You think oh no this is it this is the decline I'm I'm starting to go downhill I'm starting to to lose focus it it can become quite uh, quite quite obsessive quite obsessional i i can see that um now my um, well, the, the the partner i just split up from i mean she she was a runner mm. 
Um, now you're saying you would go for a w- once a week. No, she'd go literally every other day, and yeah. she'd run ten, fifteen kilometers. Wow. Literally every other day. I mean, now that we, that seems quite excessive. To, uh, but then uh, I'm a, but I'm a I, hedonist. So. I, I can see if you if you're training for a specific event. I remember a friend of mine was training for the London Marathon, and he. He was unemployed at the time, and yeah, you could. I don't see how he could have managed this if he actually had a job to hold down. But he, he had a very, a very structured training regime leading up to the actual London Marathon. Um, basically, I was just keeping myself fit enough because occasionally, when you're in the army, they'll suddenly give you a rucksack and a, a rifle, and you've got to you've got to run with it. Mm. Oh no, I mean for having a particular goal, but. Uh... No, I, mm. I think you know a lot of those people that do it for a hobby. I mean, fine, you know, if that's what you yeah. want to do, great. But yes, not for me. Not for me. I I do ex. I actually exercise on a daily basis, but that's more trying to control because I have health conditions that affect my weight mm. that, that's, that prevent me from losing it. Um, so yeah, if I don't exercise, I gain weight massively. Do you, do you know how I get exercise? By, by being forgetful, which means that I'll go downstairs and think, oh, shit, I forgot. <laughs> so I'll go back up the stairs again. And then I'll one day come up here and I'll go back down the stairs. Oh, yeah, I meant, I meant to get that thing, so I'll go up the stairs again. So, yeah, I'll be running up and down the stairs all day just because you know, I'm, I'm disorganised. I think there's a lot of our listeners who can who can probably relate to that <laughs> one. I know I can. Um, but... The person we're here to talk about today, we don't know if he would uh, relate to that or not. He's he's of our sort of age group. He's le- um, yeah, it's between he's, our ages. He's more your, yeah, nearer you, I think, than me. Yeah, he's about four years old. Yeah, he must be approaching mid-50s, I believe. Um, yeah, yeah, he is. Um, and we are, of course, talking about Dr. David Clark. Dr. David Clark, the journalist with a, a strong interest in uh, matters Fortean and, um, and weird and mysterious, and folklorish. Yeah, and um, there's, yeah. there doesn't seem anything and about UFOs. how and UFOs. Nothing really about how gym fit he is. No, nothing or, or, at all. Or how, but his how, photos <laughs> show him to be, you know, yeah, um, uh, not on the larger side. <laughs> Not on the larger side. So, so, Doctor Doctor Clark, if you if you are ripped and you want that to be known, um, give a, give us a shout and uh, we we will mention it on a on a future recording. Um, and yeah, and as you rightly say, though, far more pertinent to all this, he is he he was an investigator. He now teaches uh, legal media mm. things. Um, but yeah, he's he quite a high achiever, isn't he? Yeah, definitely. Uh, very successful uh, in his career. And yet back in the 90s, uh, he became interested in UFOs. Mm. But here's here's the crux of the guy, um, for me at least. In 98, he started using the UK's freedom of information laws to get the Ministry of Defence to release UFO information and files. Yes. Uh, and did so very successfully. Now, he's the guy who is single-handedly responsible for the Rendlesham Forest case being in the public or having public awareness. He is indeed, yes. If it wasn't for him, we probably wouldn't know about it to this day. Mm. Uh, and there are countless... Um, case files where he's 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 helped 
Um, he was, uh, yeah, so, I mean, a massive, massive thank you to Dr. Yes. David Clark for I, I, that. I mean, I'm looking at an article in The Guardian. That's, that's, a, that's a, an English um, left-of-centre newspaper for our, our non-British listeners. Um, in all, more than 3.9 million documents have been downloaded and one UFO policy file from 1997, which contained formerly top-secret documents, has been downloaded more than 250,000 times. Now, top-secret information, just, just to remind our listeners... Um, it's officially designed as information, the unauthorised disclosure of which would cause exceptionally grave damage to the interests of the nation. However, um, quite often when you when you read documents that have been previously classified top secret, you do wonder what sort of harm that really could have done. <laughs> or, 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 you just, or even you think, well, sure, I, I knew about this. This was already in the public domain. But um, the British government um, is intensely secretive and will slap much, much heavier restrictions on on documents than, for instance, our American counterparts. It's funny enough, I'm I'm not one to defend our government, mm. as we know, as our regular listeners will be very <laughs> aware. Um, but you know what I'm going to say? It's probably better to err on the side of caution with that sort of thing. Um um. Uh, yeah, they they err on the side of caution by a very, very, very large margin. Yes. Um. Yes. And and also, um, because I've I've worked in an environment with with classified documents, um, when they when they start talking about the interests of the nation, well, really, so whose interest is that really? You realise that actually, and and, and what constitutes damage? You realise that actually something that would embarrass the prime minister because it would show that they were li- <laughs> that they'd been lying to to one of our allies um that would be top secret because it would it would cause exceptionally grave damage to the interests of the nation it wouldn't do any harm to you and me it would just be something else for us to laugh about but no it's that sort of stuff is really sensitive well if it undermined confidence in the leadership, which, I mean, nothing undermines the confidence mm. in our current leadership more than our current leadership. Mm. Um, but, yeah, if it undermined the confidence, that that would constitute, I suppose, under, under that terminology. Mm. Um, but, yes, he's got a lot of things made public. Now, um, I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, – fan's probably the wrong word. Um, I – uh, I'm I'm going to stick with fan because I can't think of a better word. <laughs> I'm a big <laughs> fan of Dr. David Clark and his work. I think he has done the UFO community a massive, massive service. Mm. Um, he is at odds with someone <laughs> I'm not yeah. a fan of, yeah. uh, Mr. Nick Pope, who we have <laughs> mentioned previously on the show. Yes, and, uh, and, and who you can see um, up front and close on the on the Netflix series uh, Top Secret UFO what is it called again uh, Top Secret UFO Projects Declassified Declassified yeah yeah so Nick, Nick Pope features heavily on those he does he so. in a lot of these things um, and here's the thing they don't get Dr David Clark on them very often mm. because he's a massive skeptic Absolutely. Um, do you um, think I, I wouldn't? I would be more siding with Nick Pope on this. <laughs> Which I, I, I would have done. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, how, how are we going to argue if we're on the same <laughs> if we're on the same page? 
Let's argue about why we can't argue. Yes, yeah. I, um, <laughs> um, I agree with you. I mean, David, Dr. David Clark's approach is more about um, folklore and what what our beliefs in in things say about us as a society or as a species. That you know, we've gone from believing in hobgoblins and witchcraft and things, and now we're looking to the skies and we're seeing we're seeing UFOs. But it they can sort of be classified into the same paranormal. Oh, um, I, um, I agree. Yeah, the Fortean kind of yeah. If you read the Fortean Times, UFOs are lumped in with ghosts and and demons and and all sorts of other phenomena. Um, yeah, and it's it, it's about us really. And what why do we why do we look in a particular direction? When we're when we're confronted with the unexplained or unexplainable, well, I look at it more the opposite way around. Rather than um, UFOs, aliens are actually like kind of the the mm. mythological fairies of the past. I think what we previously categorised as fairies and um, mm. you know um, things like that are actually extraterrestrials. Just incorrectly categorized i mean i'm saying extraterrestrials i'm um we don't know for certain that they are from another planet we don't know if they are interdimensional beings we don't know in fact if they are terrestrial beings just a different intelligent race uh you know the hollow earth theory being what mm. it is and you know maybe they're a race that have evolved secretly from us maybe they're time travel who knows where oh, they they're, come from they're, they're traveling from another dimension but the, the switch over quite, came quite quickly do, do you know about the witchcraft law of 1757 i think it was um not familiar with that specific one no right this this was a, a law that was passed by government that basically said we don't believe in this witchcraft stuff anymore um so what that means is, if you accuse someone of being a witch from now on, you can be had up for libel or slander. And similarly, if you claim to be a witch and to have magical healing powers or whatever, or you're selling your potions, you can be arrested for fraud. Really? And yes. That that's what was decided in seventeen. I think it was seventeen fifty-seven. A friend of mine, a historian, was doing some research on it. But the last time someone was prosecuted under that law was in nineteen forty-four, and it was a, a woman who claimed to be. Um, um, she was she, she was holding a séance. She was a, mm-hmm. claimed to be a spiritualist, and she claimed to be talking to the spirit of a sailor who had been on a ship which had sunk. Unfortunately for her, the fact that that ship had sunk was still not that information wasn't in the public domain. It was still being kept secret by the government. So right. basically, these people found out somehow that this this ship had sunk um, before it became before it was officially announced, and so she was arrested on under the Witchcraft Act. But then that's nineteen forty four. Roll on three years, nineteen forty seven, and suddenly it's all flying saucers. We're looking at Roswell. We're looking at. Um, Yes, extraterrestrials. Um, yes, of course. Yes, sixty-five years, uh, and and it was only a few days before Roswell that the term flying saucer came into yeah. usage uh, because of a, a specific report. But yes, um, that's that's quite interesting. Now, I'm, <laughs> quite I'm interesting. Kind of, I'm, I'm I'm intrigued that um, yes, calling yourself a witch and purporting to have magical healing powers is prosecutable and look because i mean this is something i mean maybe this Mm. is news to our listeners i don't think it's ever come up on the show but i'm actually a wiccan that sort of Mm. wiccan 
uh, I'm a Wiccan, but without believing in the creator gods side mm. of it. So I'm, I'm an atheistic Wiccan. Um, not, but, not an outright Satanist. Not an outright Satanist, but uh, <laughs> I've been called <laughs> one many times. Um, but no, I'm, I'm a Wiccan. And uh, yes, I do believe in the uh, healing powers of crystals, um, candle magic, things like that. I, I it's that's all coming a out now. Scientific <laughs> approach. I believe it's all forms of energy around us that we can unconsciously manipulate. But uh, mm. so these things tend to be more of a catalyst than the actual thing mm. itself. Uh, but yeah, so I, so prosecute me then. There you go. I, I think, I think <laughs> you have to actually be, under law. be, be yeah, but performing, yeah, actually administering medicine. Uh, I especially if you're doing it for money. Ah, I don't do no, it for money. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's quite specific because I, I remember it was only, well, actually it was quite a long time ago, now, probably 25 years ago when all these health food shops were suddenly told, there are places like Holland and Barrett, they were suddenly told, you are not allowed to claim that any of these products will do anybody any good. And I thought, well, that's the end of them then. They're, they're, <laughs> they're, they're done, you know, all these ginsengs, supplements or whatever. Uh, but no, no, they've, they've, they've continued to thrive, these shops. Mm. They uh, do indeed. They, because they, there is so much circumstantial evidence of them working. All right, it's not mm. scientific evidence, but it is circumstantial. And enough people believe in it now, whether that's a placebo effect or not, the ultimate answer is, you know, even a placebo effect still means it's working. Well, they, I mean, th the reason why it takes so long to, to test a drug is because they need to be able to blind, double do double-blind testing, really, to, to uh, eliminate the placebo effect. Mm. That someone's someone believes they've been given medicine, well, their body will suddenly respond to that. Um, and I, I, I do believe, like you, that we can control our universe around us with with our with our mind more than we realize i mean i have experimented whilst playing yahtzee with my wife trying to <laughs> trying to will the right dice scores to come and uh... <laughs> oh, well, well, we... i notice after a string of losses that i start getting into a negative vibe and the, the losses get worse and worse so it's that's it's it's um, i haven't learned to control my my powers yet but uh well, they're, they're there Keep working on it, and we'll take a trip to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. But back to Dr. David Clark then. Yes. Um, so, yeah, you would think kind of as a sceptic that I wouldn't be. But but it's his approach, and, mm. you know, he, he adds a lot to the conversation, and this is why, all right, mm. Nick Pope's the believer, but he doesn't add anything. He just... He, he's, I mean, he keeps reading a lot of stuff that David Clark actually has come out mm. with and found out, um, but he doesn't add to the conversation, and that um, mm. uh, that irritates me. But Nick Pope is more of a household name than Dr. Yeah. David Clark. But, but Dr. David Clark, I mean, it's interesting what he says about these documents that he really asks, so do they prove... Yeah, the, we're, we're talking hundreds of files, thousands of pages. But do they prove that we've actually been visited by creatures from outer space in flying sources and, and, and saucers, flying sources, um, <laughs> saucers? And, and has that fact been covered up by the governments of the world? So if the answer is no, then why were those files closed from public scrutiny for so long? And why is the government releasing them now? 
and how can anyone be sure they contain the truth? Um, I think a lot of it, I mean, I'm, I'm throwing my own twopence worth of opinion here, mm-hmm. is that these these um, UFOs, um, aerial phenomena, whatever, might have been picked up by our air defences and anything related to our air defences and what they're picking up. It, it might expose weaknesses in our air defences or sensitivities, it, it, it could just automatically everything to do with our air defense just get, just gets shoved under the secret or top secret fifty year hundred year rule and whatever. Okay, so I, I can imagine there's that aspect of it. I I can see that that wouldn't explain why committees formed to investigate UFOs, why the knowledge of their existence has been kept secret, though. Um. Again, I can only really point to the fact that they're looking at Ministry of Defence documents and examining them and, and trying to make out what they what they mean. Well, yeah, saying uh, we have a committee looking at these things, we can't tell you what it is they're looking at. Yeah, would, would solve that one. Um, but he also, I mean, he's noted that the frequency of sightings logged by the, you know, this UFO desk every each year, um, and and. There's, there's a certain number every year, but certain at certain times those numbers have spiked, mm-hmm. um, and they they spiked in 1978, coinciding with um, the the close encounters of the third t- third the third kind. This <laughs> is the third, third time close encounters of the third kind and the interests in UFOs UAPs that that sparked, and also in the late 90s when um, when the X Files were, yeah. were were very popular. Yes, but so, I can I can see I, I, I see what you're getting at there. Mm. It's like, oh well, you know, people are, are kind of mm. they're they're inspired by. But I can see a flip side to that. So you take the Close mm. Encounters movie. For one thing, it might be that people are seeing these things all the time, but it's only having their awareness drawn to the idea it might be a UFO by such movies and TV programs that makes them more aware. Mm. makes them more conscious of what it could be. Um, I'm certain that people are seeing UFOs all the time. It's just like, oh, oh, what mm. was that? And then not thinking anything more about it. Although but if you've just come out the cinema watching Close Encounters of the Third Gang and you see a light dash across the sky, you're going to be, oh, it's a UFO. Yeah. And you're more likely to report it. Mm. It doesn't change whether or not it's been seen, but it does change how reportable it becomes. Yes, which you know, presents overwhelming evidence that, that UFOs, whatever they might actually be, um, are very much a social and cultural phenomenon. Well, no, it could still be this strange technological thing. It's just it, the spikes aren't because there's more of them. The spikes mm. are because people are more likely to report them when they see them. So it's mm. not so much a spike, it's more outside of those spikes, you get a dip where people just aren't reporting what they're seeing, but they're still seeing it. Mm. Or they're, they're not, they're seeing it, but they're not interpreting it, as you say, as, as, a, yeah. as a UFO, until someone you know, puts, puts UFOs front and centre in their, in their thoughts. Exactly. Now, I do disagree with Dr. David Clark on two what? key you, What? Key you issues. disagree with... <laughs> <laughs> I do. And I'm going to explain what those two issues are. So, firstly, um, 
And as a skeptic, I think this, whew, this is going to sound very brave to say, but I think it suits his narrative uh, as a skeptic. But he says that when um, when he asks for a freedom of information request, say on a particular subject, let's say the Mendelssohn hmm. Forest case, and he says, I want a freedom of information request on all the documents that you have. Hmm. And they give him a load of documents and say, there you go, that is everything we have. He accepts on face value that they have given him everything. Now, I don't necessarily believe that that would be the case. I think oh, they I'm, might I'm sure say they are giving him everything, but are they? Yeah, that, cause, because to say, just give me everything about this. Well, there might be lots of other documents that have been filed under something slightly different. Well, we're not going to give you, even though we know they're pertinent, that it's, it's not what you ask for, so you're not going to get it. We're not giving you anything we don't have to give you. Yes. And, and we might not even give you everything that actually exactly matches what you asked for. Exactly. But we'll tell you that we have. And there are also numerous documents known about Mm. that the Ministry of Defence claimed to have lost. Uh, mm. For example, I mean, there's one particular document. I, I forget which document it is and what it relates to. But what struck me is the story of why they couldn't release it under the Freedom of Information request is because it was being held in the hand of an officer on board a ship and a freak gust of wind blew it out of his hand. Yes. That's why they couldn't release it under the free movement. Now, Dr. Mm. David Clark takes all that on face value. Mm. I think that's cover-up material, if ever there I, I think was. it is, but, but governments do. I mean, I, I'm a big supporter of Julian Assange and mm-hmm. journalistic freedom and what he represents. WikiLeaks. Um, and well. WikiLeaks, WikiLeaks, which has never had to retract a single story. Um, and Unlike the, reason- the Daily Mail. Unlike the Daily Mail, which has to do it pretty much every day, um, the, the story relating to, to WikiLeaks and and it was with Chelsea Manning as well. Um, basically, I think it was a journalist from the New York Times posted a Freedom of Information Act about Iraqi casualties in Iraq, you know, civilian casualties. Um, the the American Department of Defense were they they were obliged to legally answer that question to provide the, the evidence. But what they did instead was they lied and said, we don't have that data. We haven't collected that information. Chelsea Manning, who that time was male identifying, I've, I've forgotten what her name was when she was male, um, but um, she knew that she was working as an intelligence analyst, had that information to hand and said, well, you know, they're, they're, they're breaking the law. So she posted the information to WikiLeaks. Mm-hmm. And that's why she and Julian Assange ended up in prison for mm. revealing the truth, for complying with a legal freedom of information request. They were accused of espionage or spying, but you know, they're, yes. they're, they're actually victims of a great injustice, and we should, all take, uh, we should all take note of that. I'm sure Dr. David Clark, as a journalist, would have something to say about the Assange case. I bet he would. And Dr. David Clark, if you are listening to this... Get in touch. Let us know what you think about uh, Assange and co. Uh, let us know what you think about UFO. Have we got any information about you incorrect? Or, you know, come and chat to us, basically. We'd love to have a, a conversation with you. And same with you listeners. Let us know what you think about Dr. David Clark. 
Is he indeed the pioneer that helps the UFO community as as I believe so? And I think, you know, you wouldn't disagree, would you, Neil? Um, he, he's helped, but as, as Dr. Clark points out, the U in UFO stands for unidentified. It doesn't stand for alien spaceship. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but... It's about having the wider conversation. Um, but listeners, do you think maybe he hinders the community by being such a big old sceptic? Do write in. Let us know exactly what you think, because we love to hear it. You can email us, aliensexplored at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter by searching Aliens Explored. Or if you are one of our Patreon patrons, you get exclusive access to our Discord server where you can join in the conversation with other like-minded people and me and Neil as well. <laughs> uh, on there, uh, you can find details for our Patreon uh, in the description below. It's patreon.com forward slash aliens explored and we've got lots of different tiers with lots of different rewards so do go have a look and support us we need all the help we can get we certainly these do. days <laughs> so uh, do have a look at that and of course a big thank you to our existing patrons as well Join us next time, though, when we will be heading to Socorro in New Mexico, back in time to April 1964, and looking at a relatively famous UFO case from then. And you don't want to miss that one. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. In the meantime, keep watching those investigative journalists and their freedom of information requests. Well, that's really good. And the skies. Take care for now. <laughs> yes, that, that pretty much covers everything I was going to say. Yeah, so yeah, I'll, I'll catch you next time. <laughs> bye bye. Aliens Explored is a Fecal Films production in association with Juicy Falls. Music by Darren Mafucci and editing by Stu Jackson. Find us on Twitter or Facebook by searching Aliens Explored or visit us on aliensexplored.com.